say this podcast isn't a restaurant review show. It's not about how good the food is, though it's usually about some darn good food. It's about the stories around the table and how food brings us together. And it's why I absolutely have to share this story with you. I first reported about Start on Today in St. Louis on Channel 5, but here they are in podcast form. It's just flourished and it's become like a really big part of our lives. Because this story is about how food is bringing whole communities together. Motivate, you know, me, you know, to do something. On this episode, you'll hear from Adam Saleh and Luke Brady, two 17-year-old students from St. Louis whose worlds extend far beyond the walls of their high schools. And we're all better off for it. I think any program that sort of gets youth or teens just involved in stuff like this is really, really important. And so that's sort of, that's a big part of what Start is. That's ahead on Abby Eats St. Louis, and then we'll get to food news and your weekend planner, including the dirt on the new food truck garden coming to town. Every start is a beginning, the act of taking the first few steps. In this story, the first steps are literal, the ones in and out of the Islamic Foundation of Greater St. Louis. At this mosque, I'm a Muslim American, and so me and my dad come here to pray. And one day after the prayer, we were leaving and there was a guy selling baklava on the steps. Baklava is like a, it's a Middle Eastern dessert. Um, Very he, delicious. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> um, so yeah, he was selling baklava on the steps. And um, so he went over to talk to my dad to try and sell it. And my dad was asking him like, what was, what was up? Because like people don't normally sell stuff on the steps of the mosque. It's not something you see very often. So um, my dad talked to him in Arabic, which I couldn't understand. Um, and he basically said that he was a refugee with an injury preventing him from getting good work, um, living in a small room with seven other people. So um, that was a pretty crazy story. Um, my dad- and He was trying to just like make some money for- Yeah, he was trying to make extra money with the baklava selling. So my dad went over to me and he told me about that and I thought that was crazy because, I don't know, refugees were always something that was in like the news and things like that and ever something that I had seen in person, especially not a case like that, because that's like a pretty severe case um, of just like awful conditions for a refugee living in America. And so I was talking to Luke, who's been my friend since we were kids. Yeah. And I was like, hey, what if we do a little project to raise money for refugees living in St. Louis? And we didn't know it would be as big as it has become since then. I sat with Adam and Luke, his best friend, at a table in the basement of the mosque. It's sort of like a cafeteria space. It's where the community hosts regular bazaars, which are like craft fairs. Their initial project was selling keychains, car decorations, scarves, and hijabs. Whatever they could come up with that they thought could make some money. They could sell it at the bazaar, and then the money they made could go to help the refugee family. Well, it went well. The guys had fun. It's getting interesting because we're like figuring out what sells well. It was It's like just a really... It's a really neat experience to do something like this um, from the ground up. So, um, so we sort of just kept going with it, and eventually we were like, "Hey, why don't we just turn this into like a regular thing, like make a nonprofit?" So we went to the bank and we got the nonprofit status, uh, which was crazy because I don't know how to work the like yeah. stuff like that. Uh, and so, how old are you when this is all happening? Uh, we were 16. Yeah. So obviously we had a lot of help from our parents. I have to I have yeah. to credit them because they knew how to manage the. Um, systems and things like that with nonprofits and 501c3s and the 501c3 paperwork was horrendous <laughs> so, so like I remember that in particular I wouldn't have gotten through that without my mom so um, yeah definitely creds to her they named their 501c3 start st. Louis teens aid refugees today 
Now, along with a club at Priory where the boys go to school, there are start chapters at several area high schools. We're bringing teens, we're giving them experiences with people from other communities. And so I think that's generally going to help if we have groups like this that get us in connection with um, diverse communities and things like that. I think that's going to help the future because the adults will be more well-rounded and accepting and understand different cultures better. So I think any program that sort of gets youth or teens just involved in stuff like this is really, really important. Um, and so that's sort of, that's a big part of what START is. Last spring, they partnered with Welcome Neighbor STL. You may remember having heard of that group during our Thanksgiving episode because they welcome strangers to dinner. The young men and women who've joined START now help put on some of the supper clubs. Which are fundraising events that Welcome Neighbor puts on where a refugee, it'll either be one refugee or many depending on how big the event is. And then they'll make a, a lot of food. A lot of people will come and enjoy the delicious meal and then they'll hear their story, hear how bad the struggle is just to be kicked out of your country and forced to flee just to another area. And hopefully, fueled by the food of that refugee's home country, be moved to action. But turns out the efforts to help have moved the refugees themselves. They have refugee cooks that cook 50 meals every Sunday that we take and redistribute to the homeless. And the refugee women see that as a way of giving back because of all the help they've received. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of them are really doing well for themselves with the food because people love the food they cook. Sunday mornings, Start Kids are part of an effort that has served more than 2,000 meals to people who are homeless now. So really early in the morning, the refugee family or just the refugee cook in general, they wake up super early. And then with some of the families, their kids will get involved. They'll help them cook. Like one family we had, the little daughter and the little son, they help their mom like a lot. And then the father helps and... They all just come together to make the meal. And then we usually we usually get there around 10 to pick it up. They're super welcoming. They'll, call us, they'll let us in, offer us coffee, offer us, like have us try the meal sometimes. And then we'll pack up the meal, just say thank you over and over and over, and then we'll bring it downtown. And then like one time we also had a family come with us and they actually got to see like directly the impact that their cooking had. They're amazing. <laughs> they come on time, they help, they're out. If it's hot, cold, snowing, they're always out. Emma Jabber is originally from Iraq. I went to a restaurant to taste of Lebanon in the central West End as Adam, Luke, and some of the other start kids packed up the Sunday meal delivery. Now, she says helping feels like the next step in becoming a stronger part of her new home, and she wants to help those without a home. Maybe because I was originally refugee and I know what it is. I know that they've been through a lot, you know, and I feel grateful that I could help. Start doesn't end with a quick downtown drop-off. Even in the freezing cold weather, like the day I tagged along, they set up a table and helped serve the meals to anyone who needed them. I love it. I think it's absolutely beautiful uh, that we have so many different groups uh, working together, uh, different populations, we could say even. Sharon Morrow with the Street Kitchen spends a ton of time with these folks and helps get them to the food. These guys are amazing. What they've done, and they partner with us, and then we come out and um, serve the unhoused. We, we call this our uh, human family picnic. The boys say they've learned a lot about the community ever since they decided to invite them to the picnic. I think with most media, you mainly hear about like the Middle Eastern community but then, like, there's, like, so many different groups of people that come. Like, the majority of people come from, like, the Congo or other African areas or Asian countries. And then, like, there's still a large 
community of Middle Eastern, but like, it's just that the refugee community, it's not, it's not one set community, but it's like a status. And then once they come over here, they're like able to share their own strengths and their own culture with their community. We met a family of five where like initially it was just, we knew it was two adults and that they had three kids, but then they started bringing their kids along and they started getting meals and we like, we got really, really close with them. And then eventually we took them to like the city museum for one of their kids' birthdays and we had like so much fun there because like, like for most, for them it was like money was always a thing, but then there they could just run around and have fun and then like they got all the food they wanted. And then I also found out that like one of their daughters I had met at like another tutoring thing and it was like a crazy like, like I'm a part of yeah, the same Yeah, that family, thing. we had like 12 people go to the city museum for one of their daughter's birthdays, a little girl. And yeah. it, was, it was a really great time. And so is that one of the families who are homeless? Yeah, one of yeah. the homeless, one of the, yeah. so not a refugee family, but just people we met while we were doing the homeless food delivery. So you, yeah. you do get in contact with them too. And yeah. understanding the homeless community on a more personal level, I think it's really important because of everyone has a natural sort of bias towards people who are homeless. Um, and so START has really, helped, I think, in both me and Luke sort of destroy that, break down the barrier, and just see homeless people as people, yeah. first and foremost, rather than homeless people who are, I don't know, doing whatever. <laughs> the delicious smell of the food the boys helped pack up and bring downtown to help feed the homeless, that stuck with me for a while. So did the smiles on the faces of people putting the meals together and the gratitude on the ones being fed. But I will never forget the wisdom of these two kids sitting across the table from me and how impressive their efforts really were. Part of having like a welcoming community is not just to have the adults who like know everything doing all the work. Like you, all, you need to have support from like all areas. So like having the teens, like having the teens help out, you're not only giving the young people the opportunity to learn about another culture and to actually serve their community in a meaningful way, but you're also able to show those who they're helping that like it's not just it's not just older people who care about you it's the new community and as you as you stay here you're going to continue receiving support if these guys were going to start anywhere i for one am thankful it's here ooh la la ooh la la ooh la la so glad we got to revisit that story. Again, I did it for Today in St. Louis a couple of weeks ago, and just the kids had more to say, frankly, than I was able to include in that TV package. So it was really nice to bring it to the podcast and into your ears. And it's really nice to be in the podcast booth with one Dory almost. Hello. We have a lot of food news to talk about, yes. including some breaking food breaking news. Breaking food news. Like when I say hot, when they say hot off the presses, we don't get to say that very much in a TV, TV newsroom. Um, but I literally just printed this list out. Yes. Like minutes ago. Minutes ago. It's not hot though. No. That'd be nice. Now it is. All right. Dory, what's the headline? James Beard Restaurant and Chef semifinalists in the St. Louis area just announced. Just announced. This is the 30th annual James Beard Awards, and we like to say we're not just for foodies. So if you're not familiar, James Beard, the James Beard Awards are basically like the big accessible awards system that most of the culinary world aspires to. Mm -hmm. They are not hoity-toity. You may have heard of like Michelin stars and things like that. Those are very rare. That's a very like highbrow type yes. of rating. There could be James Beard nominated chefs at 
fast casual restaurants. Yeah. We've seen that here in St. Louis in the past. So um, we have several of them here in St. Louis. Um, so we have six restaurants and two chefs in the St. Louis area. Very cool. Yep. Right oh. off the top here, Outstanding Baker. No surprise here, Nathaniel Reed. Absolutely, from Nathaniel Reed Bakery. Yes. Um, you got excited to see Best New Restaurant. Yes, Indo in St. Louis. That's where I went for my birthday this year. You know, it seems so it seems like some of the magazines that had Indo on their cover were ahead of the curve with Ooh. James Beard. I like that. Um, the Rising Star Chef of the Year is also Nick from Indo, so that's awesome. Very cool, yeah. Getting a lot of accolades right away. Uh, we got a couple other Best Chefs for the Midwest category, including... Michael, Michael Galena. Galena. We, wow. If we had a dollar for every time we said his name on this <laughs> right. podcast. But he is, of course, of Vicia, one half of the power couple that runs that Central West End establishment. Um, Lana Luo, she's from Lana's Little Eats. Uh, I interviewed her when she first made the semifinalist list. And um, it's really cool because she just doesn't really get it. She, oh. English is not her first language, and her husband has to kind of explain it to her. He's like, this is a big deal. She's like, I just cook, man. And it's, oh, I love it's that. awesome. And But another example of a fast, casual place in Fox Park that rises Rising to the up. level yeah. of um, national accolade. Yes, and then we also have got Jesse Mendica. Is that I believe it's Mendica. Mendica mm-hmm. um, from Olive and Oak in Webster Grove. Yes, also a lot of a g- great place. Yes, yes, good place. Classic St. Louis place at this point, you can almost say. Yep. And then Lauren Nalik from Balkan Treat Box. Um, wow, what is she not? What list has she not made? Right, recently, recently. everywhere. It's, I mean, for starting with the food truck and then having the new place. So absolutely awesome. And then this is really, really cool because the best chef category is um, regional. It's mm-hmm. based in the Midwest that they all made that list. But my Lee in Brentwood actually is among the nationwide contenders for outstanding restaurant. That is huge. It's so cool. It's so funny. I almost went to my Lee like two nights ago, but uh. it was Monday was two nights ago and they're closed on Monday. But uh-huh. if you haven't been there, like you need to go. You might. It's easy to drive past if you don't know what you're looking for because right. it's in it's that shopping center away by the Target and the um, like the DSW, like, yes, the Deerbergs over there. Yeah, yeah, by a parking garage essentially. Uh-huh. It's always been. I remember the first time I was like, "That's where my Lee is." It's so hidden right there, and it's yeah. so good though. So you definitely need to make sure it's on your list. Congratulations to all of these restaurant and chef semifinalists in the St. Louis area. So what happens next is you know in a couple of weeks we'll find out who the finalists are and then. Um, a select group is invited up to New York City, is I believe where they have the big awards gala, and that's when you find out who wins the big awards. But really, even making this short list it's is huge. It's totally huge. So if you were trying to figure out what should be on your ne- on your list to go out to eat to, that was horribly grammatically constructed, <laughs> but. You know what I'm saying. I'm hungry. I need to go to one yes, of these places. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Other food news. Um, yeah, we've got a new restaurant moving into the space where Scape was in the Central West End. Um, it's going to be called Adira Italian Eatery. It's going to open in May. Now, this is a partnership between the Coppler family and Mike Randolph. So the restaurant that was there before, you probably know a little bit more about Scape, it than I do. Yeah. Yeah, Scape. That was owned also by the Coppler family. So they're kind of reinventing themselves in this same space. Mm-hmm. Last time I was at Scape, actually, um, the Copplers were there. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was very much that family restaurant. But I read a quote by uh, of his in, I believe, St. Louis Magazine, where it said, you know, Scape had reinvented it so many itself so many times that it lost its North Star. So hmm. it kind of became, frankly, a generic fancy restaurant 
that didn't really seem to sing in the ways that we've seen so many other St. Louis restaurants sing. Yeah. And so it's like, why bother? And so what they're trying to do now is make it a place that still has the signature pastas and steaks and a pizza station. It's going to be, again, Italian eatery, but they want it to be somewhere that you feel like you can go on an everyday yes. occasion. Um so it's a pretty strong pivot. Um, Mike Randolph, who we've mentioned in the past because he is the guy behind, I mean, he's been on this James Beard list yes. a couple times. Yeah. Um, he's behind half and half currently, as well as uh, Original Jays, Tex-Mex. Yes. Yeah. And he's also been behind like Randolphies, um, different places on the loop. And He was in our brunch episode. Yes, he was. And basically they he's... He's interested in doing more consulting, I understand, which I think is a great idea for him because that guy's an ideas machine. Anything he touches can turn to gold gold? for a while. Yeah. I think that's the problem. It's gold for a while, and then all of a sudden it fizzles out. Half and half is the only restaurant that's really survived for a long time. So maybe him in a more consultant basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it'll be cool to see um, how he's able to work with others to bring this new eatera to life. Yeah. Eatery. Eatery. <laughs> Love it. Um, okay, so down in, oh, this one kind of hurt me hard last night when I saw it. A car crashed into Chris's Pancake House in South City. This is re- just down the street from where my mom lives. Yeah. I've been there so many times. I was actually just there last week, standing in that same area where the car crashed in. Oh, snap. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of damage to their front entrance. Cinder blocks kind of scattered all over the sidewalk. It caused some structural damage, so they're closed for now. They said they'll keep us posted when they reopen. Good. We'll ha- hopefully we'll have that good news to yes. report because the world needs pancakes. Did this and happen it, and yesterday? It happened on National Pancake yes, Day. Yes, I was just going to say that. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Oh, poor Chris's. Yes. Okay. So poor Chris's. Poor arteries. After yes. this next story, we got two that are kind of funky yeah. here. Um, KFC has launched their fried chicken and donut sandwiches nationwide. So they tested this in some locations last fall, but now we can all get a little taste of that. Question is, are you going to? I don't really go to KFC often. I don't even know where one is close to my house. But I would try it. I'm not against it. Right, right. I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting. I, I have, if you, We all know how much I love chicken and waffles. So mm-hmm. if it's anything like that, I'll probably like it. But I, sort of thing, I can't yes. imagine myself making a special trip for it. There you go. Right. I guess. Okay. How about this one? You can bring- <laughs> I'm just reading this one cold. I didn't read this one before. You can bring the McDonald's to your home with a new set of candles that smell like a quarter pounder. Yes. <laughs> so it's a set of six candles that if you burn at the same time, <laughs> you get maximum deliciousness. Um, each candle is a different scent. I didn't write them down here, but I, it's like bun- Onion. Oh, beef, ew. You have to assemble cheese. it. You gotta, yeah, you gotta do all six at the same time. Um, these went on sale this week and they sold out immediately. I guess they were on sale for about $35, but if you look on eBay, they're going for about $200. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. You're just confused. This is too many stories about weird candle smells that I've heard recently. Uh, okay. Like, uh, mm, I don't, I'm the type of person though who doesn't even like bacon being cooked in my house because I don't like the lingering smell the lingering of bacon smell. on stuff. So this is my absolute worst nightmare. Yeah. Onion, onion candle, something we all do not need. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we do, who knows actually, like I might smell it and be like, man, I feel like you should be hungry. Like at maybe. the very least you'd be hungry all the time. This is true. 
So I also wanted to share a little part of a conversation that I had recently um, with the folks behind Nine Mile Garden, actually. Um, This is a story that I did a little bit ago. We gave you some more heads up on the list when they first announced their initial uh, food truck lineup. Uh, So I talked with Brian Hardesty about this lineup and just kind of finding out a little bit more about why he thinks Nine Mile Garden, the food truck garden that he's planning on establishing in Afton, is even a thing that St. Louis needs. So I'm so curious about this. Yeah. Well, you're about to find out. The reason we're doing this is because the Nine Mile Garden's inaugural food truck lineup is coming out. Yeah. You have quite a list there. Yeah. How was it when you went to go approach all these different food trucks? Because there's such a variety. There's such an assortment. A lot of them really well known. Some of them kind of more up and coming. Tell me about your pitch that you made to get everybody to come to Nine Mile Garden and park there for a little bit. Sure. So what I did to approach the food trucks was that I kind of made a list of my kind of dream lineup. And then I approached them first. Some individually, some as a group kind of, you know, went over the whole idea with them and try to get them inspired and go okay this is something that's good for everybody and you know something that we can kind of work together on and so um, once they heard the complete plan everybody was just like yeah I'm in let's do this so it fell together pretty quickly. One thing that I noticed too and it seems like a lot of people were craving something like this having you know these food truck business owners really excited about the opportunity and something that maybe St. Louis it's new for us, but not new in the world of food truck food. Totally. And I think that people have talked about doing some kind of food truck park over the years. I've had this concept in my head for about six years. So uh, I know that people have been wanting it, food truck owners and just the public alike. So when we got approached to, um, you know, with this possibility, you know, um, me and my partners were like, this is a great, great idea. And then I got to approach the food trucks and they were like, yes, please, let's do this. You know, so it was, it was very fluid and organic and everybody is super excited and it's just going to be, you know, a home run. And so from what I understand, it's going to be, you're going to have some for lunch and then some, you're going to have at least five for lunch, seven for dinner. Exactly. It kind of yeah. sounds like a really good option for families with right. picky eaters, with kids, that kind of thing. Who yeah. do you envision coming to Nine Mile Garden? So. That's exactly it. I mean, we are first and foremost a family-friendly, dog-friendly venue, you know, outdoors, outdoor family-friendly movies, sporting events, live music, but live music that, you know, I think that, you know, everybody is going to appeal to a large crowd, Um, you know, and the whole place is designed around families. So from the restroom to the, the seating areas, everything is promoting that kind of environment. So we really hope that you know, everybody enjoys it. You know, I think that um, the food trucks are a, a really great addition to St. Louis. We travel around, we, we try to service as many people as we can, but everybody's always, truck owners have always wanted kind of like a home base to be able to have, you know, a built-in audience. Um, and, you know, so this obviously is built for them. And I think that they're really going to, you know, make their mark moving forward as not just a fad, but as a staple in the St. Louis restaurant scene. Okay, they have a place that they can permanently park every day, almost every day of the year when it's nice. And, you know, that kind of validates the endeavor, you know. It's not just a kind of, okay, I'm going to go out for three hours and sell food. Instead, it's like I, I have a home and I can go there regularly and people can expect me there. So in that way, it's very similar to like City Foundry that's coming up or, you know, any number of these other things. So I think that 
the idea of trying to innovate and trying to do something new in St. Louis is what's going to drive the, the food restaurant scene kind of forward. So. In some ways, it seems like it's almost creating a quote-unquote brick-and-mortar style yeah. opportunity without it having to be a brick-and-mortar investment for these food truck places. Absolutely. It's, it's, and we, we kind of look at the Nine Mile Garden um, truck concept as almost like kind of like an incubator, like to help develop, you know, lesser-known trucks and then for established trucks, it's kind of a reliable source of income, you know, so everybody can kind of take a deep breath and go, okay, you know, at least I can go to Nine Mile Garden and, and see a crowd and, and take good care of them. Hey, Dory, what's the best thing you had to eat this week? So I had a tough time coming up with this one because there were a lot of good things that I had this week. Um, but I think the best thing was going to turmeric in the loop. So mm, we popped yeah. over there. We had a late lunch Saturday, so we weren't really hungry, but we wanted to meet up with some friends for dinner. And we grabbed a couple um, like small appetizer plate things that we shared. And even just that little bit that we had there at Turmeric was so good. We got the kebab sampler and a samosa sampler, and it was just divine. The sauces that you could dip everything in was so good. Mm. I can't wait to go back to get, like, an actual meal there. I love that, though, just going out for, like, bites. That's yes. kind of fun. That's a fun social thing to do without having to spend too much money right. and still getting that social environment. And I then like we that. snacked on our friends' plates and got to try a little bit of their food, too. Oh, it was absolutely. all really good. So, yeah. 100%. That's mine. Mine was, I have one and a half. Um, half of mine okay. is the fried shrimp basket I got on Mardi Gras and, or at Mardi Gras. I don't know if you would say what you'd say, but in Soulard uh-huh. on Saturday, I just wanted the stands that was set up there and it was so good. Like I was saying something to someone that I had street shrimp and they were like, that's messed up. You live in St. Louis. You shouldn't be eating street shrimp. But it was No street so, meat. <laughs> right. But it was so delicious. It was so crispy. The fries were like so wonderfully seasoned. But I don't know the name of the, the vendor. Stand, yeah. yeah. I think it was just kind of one of those traveling vendors. Those generic ones. Yes. Yeah. And it was so freaking good. Um, but I'm only letting that count as half because I don't think it's fair that I can recommend something that you can't try you yourself. Go get, right. um, so this is very appropriate for the weather that we have right now. Lion's Choice oh. has a, mm, wait for it. I, you might know what I'm the talking soup? about. The soup? The new chicken and wild rice soup. Yes, I saw it. I almost got it oh last week. Oh my gosh. Okay, I know we've talked in the past about how the CEO there came from Breadco. I don't know if he brought a bunch of like soup secrets with him, <laughs> yeah. but this chicken and wild rice soup is so good. I just got a little cup and I was literally thinking I'm, the next day, I was like, man, I want to go get like go a get bowl more. of it and just have that as my, it was so good. I saw it when I was going through the drive through the other yes. day and I, I did almost get it, but it was one of those really nice warm days that we had recently. Uh-huh. Today it would be really good when it's Yes, snowing. Yeah. absolutely. So random. Of course, I'm picking another Lion's Choice menu item. But again, something that you might not think about trying for yourself right. because maybe you always get the roast beef with extra, extra seasoning. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening this weekend? Well, a lot of oh. people won't be eating beef this weekend. Right, because Lent. Yes. Today we're, we're recording on Ash Wednesday. This Friday, of course, we've got Lent and all those wonderful fish fries in St. Louis. Yes. So we've got a fish fry guide up on KSDK.com. If you go there, KSDK.com slash fish fry you'll find an interactive map with details on all the locations in the st louis area their times their days what they're offering costs blah 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 there are so many i don't think you can go wrong um but i did write a web story last year if you're looking for a little bit of direction mm-hmm. on the fan picks of where the best ones are in st louis st fernadan in florissant was by far the number one that everybody loved 
couple others. My Ho- cousin's a member of St. Ferdinand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so a couple others are Hobos at the American Legion in St. Peter's. Marco's Fish House in Madison, Illinois, mm-hmm. St. Cecilia's Mexican Fish Fry in South City, which I've heard a lot about. That one is like the famous That's city a one. big one, yeah. Um, and St. Rose Development Club in St. Rose, Illinois, and Most Sacred Heart in Eureka. Those are the favorites. Wow. That's... That's some good like legwork that you did to kind of put that oh, list it together. It took a lot, yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. So if you're also looking for, you'll notice some of our events are a little uh, more wholesome this weekend than nice. they were from Mardi Gras last weekend. <laughs> um, you heard just now about Start and all the things that those kids do. Your opportunity to attend a Syrian supper club is your next opportunity, I guess, is this Saturday. Um, of course, this is co- put on by Welcome Neighbor STL with the assistance of START. It supports refugee families who've recently settled in Florissant. That's what is going to happen this weekend. Um, it's at 6 p.m. at the Palatine Renewal Center with a suggested donation of 25 bucks a person. Um, all of that money is going to, again, go to help support some of those North County refugee families. You can get tickets on the Welcome Neighbor website. So you can Very good, yeah. get in on that. All right, and then Sunday, if you want to keep that Mardi Gras feel going just mm-hmm. a little bit longer, Alpha Brewing Company is having a crawfish boil. It'll be a traditional meal with crawfish, potatoes, corn, and andouille sausage. This one you order by the pound. It's $12 oh, yeah. a pound. Get it all right. Um, and they'll also have some live music there. So that is happening Sunday. I love it. Good stuff happening this weekend. Yeah. Maybe everybody needs to cool it a little, little bit about uh, after St. Louis went a little wild last week. I think weekend. that's the point, right? We've got it's some nice, flint, yeah. good stuff going on. Let us know whatever you wind up getting into this weekend. Abby Eats St. Louis is a Five on Your Side production. I'm Abby Larico. And I'm Dory Olmos. Our wonderful editor is Shelly Karam. Our theme music is by Jerome Fabi, Olivier Renoir, and Pierre Dubose. Do you know I just started putting those in there because I like saying those names? I love it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you get it in your feed every single week, however you get your podcast. And it's been a hot second since we've gotten any ratings or reviews. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and do that too. Make Just us happy. Give us something to read. You'll get a shout out. We, you might get a shout out. Hopefully we get, if we get like hundreds and hundreds well, of we gotta positive reviews and we have to pick and choose, yes. but that'd be a good problem to have. Yeah. Let us also know what your thoughts are on our Instagram or at Abby Eats St. Louis. And until March of 2020, my oh, goodness, this oh year's going by. Seize the plate. Ooh la la!